Yeah, aren't you guys happy in heaven? We're not going uh, to have school. We're not going to have uh, work. We don't got to go to those kinds of things. Amen? Yeah, for real. You know, we're just going to be, you know, praising God. It's going to be great. Amen? All right. Um, I want to I talk about something. I have a word that's, that's on my heart, and I'm, I believe God, God put a word on my heart, and I just want to um, speak this word. Um, it's about holiness and um, Let's pray before we, before we keep going. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you for, for the things that you've done in us. God, we, we bless your name tonight. We thank you for, for being with us. Because where two or three are gathered in your name, that's where you are. And we thank you, Lord, for always being faithful. Lord, and we, we ask that your word tonight would, would go forth and it would change us. God, we need to hear your word. Because your word is truth. Because your word is life. Without your word, God, we don't, where would we be if it wasn't for your word? And Lord, tonight I pray that you would speak clearly. Lord, help me to speak clearly, to, to speak the word, to, 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 Lord, to not, to not uh, speak something that's false, but Lord, but to give an accurate description of who you are. Lord, help me to speak, help, me, help everyone tonight to hear your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, open up to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, and um, uh, the title of this message is, Our God is a Consuming Fire. Um, and just this word, I don't know, this is just really, really on my heart, and I, and I want to, um, I'm really excited about, about preaching this word, because it's, it's just something that's, that's been on my heart for, for about a month now. Um, we had prayer in here, on a, it was a Monday prayer, and we were just praying, we were praying about purity, we were praying about holiness, and, and just this message, I, I, God was just not this specific message, but just in general, the message of holiness. God just started putting this message on my heart. And I want to um, speak uh, kind of what God gave me um, about, about this topic of holiness. And Pastor was uh, preached on it a couple Sundays ago. And I'm like, you know what? It's good. I'm in the same spirit. Amen. I'm like, that's, that's, I was like, that's a confirmation. Thank you, God. And, and it's funny because I was talking with being the a couple weeks ago, and I, I was saying the same thing. I was like, you know, I, I want to just get away just from everything that, that is worldly and just try to get as close as I can to God. And um, just kind of this, this message has just, just been on my heart uh, very strongly lately. And um, it's, about, it's about holiness. You know, today we're living in a time of just there's a lot of perversion. There's a lot of uh, filth. There's a lot of things we see today in this world. You know, we were just we just came back from California, and it was uh, you know interesting. We were down in Santa Monica, just walking around, and so much you know you you smell so much weed. I mean, even here we just walk down Seattle, and you just you know you smell weed everywhere, and it's like, what's going on? You know, it wasn't like this a couple of years ago, and we see we see everything's getting worse, and, and it's I mean like like Pastor was saying that that is Satan's not hiding it anymore. He's it's not it's not done. Sin isn't done in some. In some corner, in some, in some kind of, you know, in the secret place. No, it's done in the open now. It's, everything's open. And, I mean, you don't, hear, you don't even have to go to the, to the world. You look at the church. You look at the weird things that are done in church, the, the kind of the, the gray areas that are coming. And, and, and I, I was just, God was putting on my heart this message of holiness, how important it is for us to walk in holiness, that God has called us to walk in holiness. There's, uh, in First John um, this is just, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, it says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness, 
And you know that He was manifested to, to take away our sins. And in Him there is no sin. Whoever abides in Him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen Him nor known Him. It says whoever abides in Him does not sin. It doesn't say whoever abides in Him and, lives in, and doesn't live in 2016 doesn't sin. No, it's whoever abides in the Word, no matter what time, no matter what culture we're in, no matter what, what year you're, 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 you're here on this earth, no matter how crazy it is, God still calls us to holiness. And He still says that whoever abides in God does not sin. It says in the Bible that God has given us everything we need to live a holy life. God has given us everything. And, and this message of holiness is, is not just something that, that, you know, some people are called to holiness and other people are not. This is for everyone. And, you know, um, kind of the, the way that, that, that I'm looking at holiness, it's not, holiness is not rules. But for me, this is kind of my definition of holiness as I was thinking about it, is my response to what God did in my life and my decision to separate myself from everything that is against God or everything that is unholy. You know, it's, it's like uh, sometimes we confuse this message of righteousness and holiness. What is the difference? What is the difference of righteousness and holiness? Righteousness is what God did for us. And, and that's, that's why it says, uh, that, that, that's why for me, it's, it's my response to what God did. God made me righteous. God made us righteous. We did nothing to deserve righteousness. We did nothing to earn righteousness. Righteousness is something that's God-given. It's not done by, by walking. In, we are righteous because God, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. That's why we're righteous. Uh, you know, it's not something that we've done. It's not something that we've earned. But it's because Jesus cleansed us. And now we have a right standing before God. Now God looks at us. He sees the blood of Jesus, right, that covers our sins. And now he says, you may enter into heaven. Why? Because of what Jesus did for us. Right? That's, that's what God did. But then there's holiness. Then there's our response. There's, there's our end of the deal. And that's why I said, my, it's my response. God made me righteous. He separated me. And now it's my response. It's my decision to walk in holiness. My decision to separate myself from everything that is unholy. Everything that is impure. Uh, you know, it says in the Bible... In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, to pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Matthew, we read this a couple days ago, Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Holiness is something that without it, you won't see God. Does that mean you're not going to be in heaven? I, that's what it sounds like without holiness. We will not see God. We will not, we're not going to make it. To, it's not like you can live a, a filthy life and then just, I'm going to make it to, to heaven. Why? I don't know, because I just, I deserved heaven. Because God made me righteous. You know, and, and some people, they, you know, righteousness is, is right. We, we're made righteous, not because of what we did. But then other people, they take this message of righteousness and say, well, I don't need to walk in holiness because I'm righteous. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm God, God made me clean. And some people say, it's not really me that sins, it's my flesh that sins. But my soul is really saved. So I'm righteous, so I don't have to do anything. I'm saved no matter what. I'm good. And you know, we are righteous, not because of what we did. But we do have to walk in holiness. And without holiness, we don't see God. Yes, we're made righteous, but then we have to walk in holiness. And it says, pursue holiness. Walk after holiness. You know, it, uh, I like... Um, 
It's funny, Ksusha was talking about heaven uh, before, uh, uh, when, when, before worship, and, and I heard that there was a preacher, um, Jim Cimbala was talking about heaven, and, and he's talking about worship, and he's like, you know, some people, they don't want to worship God, and they, they don't like to worship God. He's like, you don't want to worship God? That's fine, but don't think you're going to make it to heaven, because in heaven, that's all you're going to do is you're going to worship God. And why would God bring you to a place where you don't want to go, you know? You don't like to worship God? Well, you're not making it to heaven because that's where, you know, that's where we're going to worship God. And, you know, why would God bring you to a place where you obviously don't want to be? Uh, and, and that's the same thing with holiness. If we don't want to follow after God in holiness, why would God bring us to a place where if we don't want to live after God, why would God bring us to a place where it's all about God? You know, why would God take us there? He, it, it doesn't make sense, right? And uh, this, is, this is the will of God for our life. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, that God's will is for us to be holy. It says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. And another translation says, it, it is God's will for you to be holy. That's God's will. You know, sometimes we think, what is the will of God for my life? Am I supposed to be a preacher? Am I supposed to be uh, an evangelist? Am I supposed to be a musician? Am I going to lead worship? Am, am I this? Am I that? What, am I going to go to this college or that college? God, what is my will? You know, we wonder, but really the will of God for our life is to be holy. That is God's will for our life. You know, and, and, and we, can, we can miss a lot of things, but we better not miss holiness. Because, you know, it's better to, to, to be small and not really popular and not really, you know, not really be successful and to be holy than to be, whole, than to be big and full of success and you know, I made it, I'm, I'm this, you know, I, I made it on this big stage, and, and yeah, I'm doing God's will for my life, and it's great. But if we don't have a holiness, it's all worthless, it's all shallow, it's, it, 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 it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't count before God, and God will say, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of lawlessness. And that's why holy, God's will, first of all, is for us to be holy. And if we're holy, we're walking in holiness, don't worry about it, God will show you what you need to be, who you need to become, what, what direction you need to go. As long as we're walking in holiness, we're going to be fine. Amen? And, you know, some people say, oh, that's, a, you know, that's an old school message. That's a, it's a message that, you know, man, that we, we, don't, we don't need to hear this message. It's not for today. That's not relevant for today. You know, the Bible says, Jeremiah chapter 6, it says, Ask for the old godly paths and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. The Bible says, ask for that godly, ask for the old way, ask for the way of holiness. That's what we need to do. We need to ask, we need to ask God, am I walking, am I pursuing God in holiness? Um, let's read, I, I had you turn over to Matthew 3. Let's read from verse 1 all the way down to verse 12. If, you got, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're in Matthew 3, say amen. 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 Okay. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who is spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed with camel hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Somebody say, Yum. Mm. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, 
And do not think to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Somebody say mightier. Mightier Mightier than I. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. And gather his wheat into into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Somebody say, Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit and fire. God, so the, John the Baptist is preaching to the, to the Pharisees, and he's saying, there's someone mightier than I. He's talking about Jesus. He is coming after me, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and the fire. And I'm kind of, I was always uh, curious, what does this mean? The Holy Spirit and fire. Like, what, what is this fire part? You know, what, what is this? Like, we know what the Holy Spirit is, right? We know what, uh, you know, baptizing in the Holy Spirit you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have tongues. You know, you're praying tongues. We know what that is. What does that mean, the fire part? I don't know if you, if you guys ever wondered. When I, read the, when I read this verse, I'm like, man, I wonder what that means. Sounds so cool, you know, but like, what does that mean? You know, and kind of in, in our circles, like, you know, in our, in our church, and um, I mean, I guess we're, uh, we are non-denominational, but if you were to put a denomination, it would be, I guess, charismatic, Pentecostal, right? And, and, you know, we have in our circles, we kind of, we have that terminology like the fire of God, the fire of God, you know, like we need to have the fire of God or, or you know, you, you, you need, to, this person's on fire, hallelujah, you know, and we sound so spiritual, ooh, the fire, you know, we like to use it in our prayers, you know, fire, yeah, and it, it just sounds so, sounds so cool and we hear music, you know, like every other song, like, you know, you know, have, you know, fire fall down and, you know, fire this, fire that, we hear a lot about the fire of God and, I don't know if you guys ever wondered, like, what, what does that mean? Like, you know, I don't know if you guys are ever curious. I like to know what I'm talking about. Like, if I'm singing something, like, I want to know, like, this is what it means. I don't know if you guys are like, I, I like to find it in Scripture. I like to find, okay, that's in the Bible. Okay, that's what that means. And, and you know, it, it, is, it is biblical. And, and he's talking about he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And, and what does that mean, the Holy Spirit and fire? Um, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 through 29, you don't have to turn there, but it says that, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So our God is a consuming, that's what Hebrews twelve twenty nine says, our God is a consuming fire. That's what the, the title of this message, our God is a consuming fire. Uh, God is, you know, we are baptized with God. We're baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God living on the inside of us, right? He is, he is in us, and God is a devouring fire. Have you ever thought about that? God is a fire. And what, is this, what this is talking about, this refers to in De- Deuteronomy chapter 4, where, where God is, where Moses is talking to Israel. He's saying, listen, you need to serve God. Get away from idols, for your God is a jealous God, and, and he's a devouring fire. So God is looking to consume things. He's a fire. And, you know, fire, what it does is it consumes things, right? It, 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 it eats stuff up, like if there's a forest 
if there's something to burn, if there's enough wind, if the wind is right and there's a fire in a forest, it, it will consume it. And, you know, it, it, is, it is very dangerous. It, the fire spreads very quickly. If you've if you ever heard about, like, forest fire, why, why do firefighters die in a forest fire? Because the wind can shift on them and the fire can go in a different direction and it travels like 80 miles an hour. It's, it's, very, it's very powerful. And fire will devour, as long as there's something that's, I'm not sure if it's 80, so somewhere around there. I'm not, um, and fire is very, it's a very powerful thing, and it will consume things in its path. And God is a devouring fire that, it says that we are baptized with this fire. We are baptized with this, this fire is supposed to be on the inside of us. It's a fire that's supposed to burn in us. You know why? Because God wants to consume us. Because God wants to consume our heart. You know, we, we say, um, more of Him, less of me. Have you ever thought about that? More of Him, less of me? You know, really, I mean, it should be to the point where it's all of Him and none of us. None of me and all of God, right? None of, none of me. None of me. Because God wants to consume every part of us. You know, God doesn't want 50% of our, of our heart. God is not into signing contracts and getting 50% of us. He's like, okay, I'll have this half, and you can have, you know, and, and this half can belong to sports or media or, you know, entertainment, whatever. You know, you can have, I'll have this part, but you can have, but somebody else can have the other part. No, God wants all of us, right? God wants to consume every part of our, of our heart. He wants to consume every part of us. That's who God is. He's a consuming fire. Uh, if you boys, if you guys could just stop laughing and pay attention, all right? Thank you. Uh, God is a consuming fire. He's, he's a jealous God, and he wants, to, he wants to consume every part of us. That's, that's, his, that's his desire. That's who God is. And it says in, in, the, in the, uh, verse 12, look at verse 12. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What is this talking about? This is talking about how they have, uh, when they, when during the harvest, they, will get, they gather the, the wheat. And they gather it along with the weeds. If you guys remember the parable where the weeds grew up with the wheat. And, got, and, and they said, should we pull out the weeds? He said, God said, no. Or the, the, the farmer said, no. We have, or the master, he said, well, let's, let's let them grow up together and we will separate them, right? And, and that's talking about the unsaved people and the saved people. And, and what they do during the harvest is they gather the wheat, they separate it from the weeds, and they take the wheat to a place called the threshing floor. It's a big area. It's a big, um, it's a big floor where they take all these bundles of, of wheat and they throw them on the threshing floor. And they take a fork. It's a big, big, long fork. And they take this, this, these bundles of wheat and they throw it up into the air. And, and it says that he will separate his winnowing fan or fork, another translation is fork. Um, they also used winnowing fans. It's a little bit different. And it says he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. He will gather the wheat into the barn, but he will, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so the wheat, uh, what they do is they throw up the wheat into the air. And the wheat is heavy and it falls back to the ground. But the chaff is light. It's the stuff on the outside of the, of the, of the wheat, and it, and it has no weight to it, and so it kind of falls off to the side. And, and they ha- so they have this big mess, if you can imagine this big mess, and, and it's a bunch of like hay-looking stuff, and it's just a bunch of wheat. It's on the ground, and, and they separate it. They throw it up. By the time all this stuff falls down, 
they gather the, the wheat, they put it into the barn, and, and on the threshing floor, all the chaff is left, so they take the chaff, put it into the fire. And this, this symbolizes, this is our heart. And I believe that this is something where God takes our heart and He removes the chaff, He removes the empty things out of our heart, and He burns it with fire. And I believe that this is talking about holiness, that God wants to burn up the things in our heart that are not of Him, the things that don't belong to Him, but God wants to remove them with this fire. And we're going to look at a couple things. The first point, that the Word of God is our fuel for the fire. The Word of God is the fuel for our fire. It says in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, it says, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Jeremiah says, his word is in my heart like a burning fire. I can't hold it back. It's, it's burning in me. The word of God is something that this is the fuel for our fire. God's word is the fuel for, our, for the fire that burns in our heart. You know, God puts that fire in there. God starts it. But, his fuel, but the fuel is the Word of God. The Word of God. When the Word of God is in you, that, that fire will, will burn. The more of His Word, the more the fire burns. It says, how can a, in Psalm 119, verse 9 through 11, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your Word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your Word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when God's word is in our heart, we are, his word is what, is what keeps us, is, his word is what allows the fire to burn in our heart. His word, the word of God, not just the word, but a, but a revelation of the word of God. When we have an understanding that the word of God is, is in our hearts, it's alive. The word of God is living and it's, it's burning in our hearts when we get a revelation when we read the word, that's why, we, that's why we talk about the Bible plan. We talk about, you know, about reading your Bible every day. Why? Because we need the word of God in our heart. Because the word of God will, is that fuel for the fire. You know, the word of, you know, a lot of times, like let, let's say take an example, a six-year-old. And you tell a six-year-old, there's, I'm making cookies, I'm putting them in a cookie jar. Okay? You know, mom is telling the kid, I'm, I'm making cookies, I'm putting them in a cookie jar. Uh, don't eat them. I'm going to leave. I'm going to come back. They're, they're sitting in the cookie jar. Don't eat them. How many of you guys think that the, that, that kid is not going to eat the, cookie, the cookies in the cookie jar? Nobody, right? He's going to eat the cookies, right? Mom said, listen, you can't eat the cookies. And what is he going to do? He's going to eat the cookies. You know, Paul said, Paul said in, in, um, in, um, in Romans, he said, I believe it's Romans. It's Romans. Yeah, it's Romans. He said, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I don't want it, or what I know is wrong, I, that, that's what I do. But what I know I need to do, I don't do. Why? You know, because we, we know something is right. We know it's right. We know that this and this, doing this is wrong or doing this is right. We know it. But just because we know it, that doesn't mean we're going to do it. You know, just, it, it says that we read in Proverbs, um, it says that just because you tell a servant something, a servant is not corrected by mere words. He will listen, but that doesn't mean he's going to do it. You know, a lot of times we, we, we say, you know, this is wrong and this and, and doing this, you know, going to, going to see this movie is wrong, is bad. Don't do it. But a lot of times we, we, we don't understand really in our heart that it's wrong until the Word of God is, 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 is in it. And when the Word of God shows us 
that something is wrong, when the Word of God reveals it to us, then we know and we're convinced that something is wrong. Then we're convinced. You see, holiness is not, is not rules, but holiness is when we get a revelation of the Word of God. And the revelation of the Word of God is what will change us. The Bible says that the Word of God is alive and powerful. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and, a discerner, and, a, and, a, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is something that's alive, is something that's working in us and changing us. And see, when we get a revelation of the Word of God, it's something that will change you. It's something that will, that will change your, your mind, your attitude. And when, 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 you know, before when I would look at something and I didn't think, you know, that's not really that bad. But when God revealed it to me in His Word, then I understood, yes, this is wrong. Why? Because God's Word says, when you read that, that the Word of God says to abstain from earthly lusts because, uh, because it wages war against your soul then you know that this is wrong because, because this lust is trying to take over me. And, and when you read the Word of God and you get a revelation of the Word of God, it shows you that what you're doing is wrong and, and you're convinced. You don't need anybody to tell you because the Word of God has convinced you that it's wrong. See, that's why we need the Word of God every day. That's why we need to read the Word. You know, and, and you can read the Word. You can get it maybe in a sermon. Uh, maybe you're reading a book. Uh, even in, a, even in a worship song, when we hear the Word of God and the Word of God that drops down, that's why we say, don't just read the Word when you're reading the Bible. Don't just read it. Don't just kind of scan over it. But get a revelation of the Word. Get, get, get something from Let the Word drop down in your spirit where, where the Word of God is made alive. You know, it, it says in, in Hebrews, it's living and powerful. That word powerful, it means, it means energy. That's where we get the word energy from. And it's something that, that's working. It's something that's, that's not, just, it's not just a word and you're like, oh, okay, now I know that I shouldn't do this. No, you know because the Word of God is, is living inside of you and it's telling you that this is wrong. When God is showing you that, 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 that this is how you're supposed to live, He's showing you in your Word, you're convinced, you're absolutely, then you know. That's, that, that's how we walk in, that's how we understand holiness is because the Word of God reveals it to us. That's why, we need to, that's why we need to hear the Word every day. Every day. We got to get the Word in us. And not just the Word, but we got to get the revelation in the Word. We got to let the Word just change us. Another thing, second point, that God, uh, about holiness, is God uses suffering to purify our heart. In Hebrews, uh, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm, I'm, I'm looking a lot at Hebrews because uh, we just finished it with our group. Um, and we, we read it a lot. And so Hebrews is just something that's just in my spirit. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. If you endure ch- chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. 
Nevertheless, it afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, before, I don't know where I got this from, but before I used to look at, you know, I, I would hear sermons about suffering. And like, man, suffering will change you. Suffering is good for you. And I'm like, man, I can't wait until I get some suffering in my life because then I'm going to be closer to God. I just, honestly, I don't know why I thought that, but, but I was, that, that's, what my, that's what was in my mind. I'm like, man, I can't wait until God brings some suffering in my life so I can change. You know, it's going to be great. And you know, when you, you realize suffering's not fun, not fun at all, you know, probably halfway through it, you're like, okay, God, never mind, I, okay, scratch that, you know, forget that I said that, just take that off the record, I don't want to be, I don't want to suffer. You know, suffering is not fun, but the Bible says that he, God chastens us for our profit, the ver- end of verse 11, that we may be partakers of his holiness. God changes us, why? So that we could be holy. God changes us, why? So that we can walk in holiness. You know, it's funny because sometimes you suffer and it's not really, it's not God working in you. Sometimes you suffer because of your own fault, right? Like something like if you eat bad, you eat, you know, McDonald's every day and you end up, you know, God forbid you end up in the emergency room. That was not God suffering, okay? That was just your fault, you know, you know, like, what was that thing that someone said, um, you know, if you eat a, eating a Cheeto and then praying that it turns into a carrot stick on the way down. You know, it doesn't work like that. You know, if you, if you suffer because of something that you did, if you stayed up all night uh, watching YouTube videos, oh, I got it. I remember Dima one time caught a, caught a little bug during a sermon. I did too. That's a suffering. He, wanted, he just wanted to suffer. <laughs> uh, you know, like, if, if we do, like, let's say you got a test the next day, and you stay up all night, you know, watching YouTube videos, and you fail the test, and you're like, man, I failed the test because, you know, because I was in church, and that's why I failed. No, you failed because you, you shouldn't have been watching YouTube videos, you know, for six hours last night. That's why it wasn't God's suffering. You know, but sometimes there is God's suffering in our life, right? Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, but God brings suffering into your life. And, and it's not fun. It's not something that it, it doesn't, it, it, there's nothing fun about suffering. There's nothing fun about it. But it says that he, God allows suffering so that we can be holy, so that God can purify us. And, you know, I remember just going through, through, through just a time of, of suffering. You know, for, for every single person, Suffering is different. You know, maybe for you, something that wouldn't be, for me, it wouldn't be hard. But for you, it is hard. Something for, for me that's hard. For you, it wouldn't be difficult. But God has a suffering, you know, God has a, t- a trial, a fiery trial that he has planned for every single one of us when, if, when we are following him. And you know what? The best thing to do is just to, is just to yield to it. Sometimes we want to we walk away from it. Sometimes we try to, we figure it out. You know, God, this is not fun. I'm, I'm going to try to get out of it. The best thing to do is just to yield to it. Say, God, okay, I know you're trying to do something in me, you know, and just let it come. Let it happen. You know, it's good because it says afterward, you will what? It says afterward, you will, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And it's great. You know, afterward, it's great. I remember, you know, before I got married, it's just, there was just a time of, you know, suffering kind of, I was going through this time and I'm like, man, God, this is so difficult. Like, why is this happening? And, and I see why it was happening because 
God loved Albina too much that he didn't want her to have to deal with, you know, some of the things that I had. And so God was like, you know, I'm going to remove those things out of you. And, you know, since I love her, uh, I love you, but I love her too. And I don't want her to put up with all this stuff. So I'm going to, you know, cut this stuff out of your life. And, and you know, it's going to change you. And you know what? Now it's great. You know, it's like, man, I don't even remember that suffering because, because of the, the, the things that have come because of it. But, but we have to endure this kind of suffering in our life. This is good for us, you know. Sometimes we, we don't enjoy it. It's not, it's not something that, that's pleasing. It's not something that, that we want to do. But the Bible says in uh, Peter, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us, this is chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he should no longer live the rest of his life in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So godly, and, and it says in 2 Corinthians, godly sorrow leads to repentance. You know, when you, when you suffer for Jesus a little bit, when you suffer for God, when you go through something tough, because God is just, he brought it and you just, you can't do anything about it. You realize there's nothing you can do. There's nothing, you, you can't talk to anyone. You can't get out of it. Uh, you know, the, when God does that for a reason, and it's to bring repentance into our life. It's to bring, it's to, it says if you've suffered in the flesh, you stop sinning. Because once you go through something hard, you, for, you forget about sin. Sin isn't very difficult for you. You don't want to go drink. You don't want to go do something weird. You don't want to go talk to some bad people. Why? Because you suffered for Jesus. You, you, it's already, it's cost you something. When, 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 when being a Christian has cost you something... It means something, and, 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 it, and it does something in you. That's why in order for us to live holy, we have to allow this suffering. You don't ask for it. You don't, you don't just like, God, okay, I'm ready for suffering right now. It's a good time. I think I'm, you know, I'm, I, have this, you know, I have this opening. Okay, God, let's schedule a suffering. You know, no, it doesn't work like that. It comes at the worst time possible, in the worst way possible, and, and you're just like, God, why? But afterward, you see why. But this is, this is, this is something that God brings... Um, and and the third the third point um, is is in First Thessalonians chapter five verse nineteen. The third point is if we want to live a holy life is do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit of God. You know we're living. I like this quote by Ravi Ravi Zacharias. He said we're living in a generation that hears with their eyes and thinks with their feelings. They hear with their eyes and they think with their feelings. Their feelings dictate everything that they do. They, they want to look at things. That, that's, how they, that's how they're moved. That's the kind of generation we live in today. And the lines of holiness are so blurred. The lines of holiness are so blurred. Um, I mean, can you bring up that thing? I wanted just to kind of show you a demonstration. I know it's not, it's not a, the biggest fire. I thought about bringing like a big fire in and... and Having it, you know, just kind of burning here. Yeah, that would be a fire hazard, you know. So somebody would have to stand there with a fire extinguisher. Wouldn't be good. And plus the smell, I'm like, no, I'll just bring in this little candle. All right, so this is, you know, this is God's fire in our life. And now what, would it, what will happen if I take some water? Of course. 
That's very logical. The fire is going to go out. If you take water, you pour it on here, the fire is going to go out. The Bible says, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit of God. Do not put it. Basically, you could say, don't put the fire of the Holy Spirit out in your life. You know, we can quench the, we can quench the fire. The, uh, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy, he says, stir up the gift of God or fan into flames the gift of God that was in you when I laid my hands on you. That, that he's saying, there's, there's something burning in you. Stir it up. Make the fire bigger. But it also says, don't quench the fire. Don't quench the fire. You know, when I was growing up, I am just very thankful for godly parents. When I was growing up, I am so thankful for godly parents that did not allow me to, 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 do, to live in, in, in a wrong lifestyle. I'm so thankful for godly parents that showed me the difference between right and wrong, the difference between holy and unholy. I remember when I was, when we were little, and, you know, I would go over to my friend's house, and I wanted to play, like, shooting, uh, shooting video games and, you know, like, fighting video games. And I'm like, I remember thinking, man, it's so fun. Like, I can't wait. When I grow up and I'm going to have a kid, I'm going to just let him do whatever he wants to because, you know, it's so fun. Like, my parents are so strict. It's not, you know, they don't let me have any fun. Like, all my friends are, you know, doing this, and they can do whatever they want. And I can't do none of that stuff. And I was just like, man, this is, this is not cool. You know, but, but I'm so thankful for godly parents that taught me the right, the right way. You know, we had like Sega, uh, we had, what's the name, Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario Brothers, and like a car racing game. That's all we had, you know. And like all my friends had these cool video games. I had these like, you know, little boring video games. And, and that's all that was allowed, you know. We couldn't watch, you know, movies with, if my parents heard a curse word in it, man, that's it. TV's off, nothing, you know. You know, it wasn't optional going to church on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't optional. It wasn't like, you know, oh, I got soccer practice on Sunday. I can't make it. No, no, there was no soccer practice. You, you, you know, my parents, you ain't going to no soccer practice. You're coming to church, you know, and it, it wasn't like, there was no option, amen? There was, I don't know if anybody else was raised like that, but... There was no option. It wasn't like, I don't feel like going to church today, you know. And we were at every service. You know, if it was, if it was a practice, my parents played on the worship team. There was a practice, you know. I'm at the practice. We're at the prayers. We're at every service. You know, we had two services on Sundays. They were, like, long. We had, like, we had like seven worship songs, like, like, really long services. And we're like, man, it was like, a charis- like more of a charismatic church kind of. It would, it, you know, we had long worship and... And we had two services, so in the morning it was okay. But at, you know, to the evening service, man, it was like it's difficult to sit there. And we just want to go outside where all my friends are and go, you know, hang out outside. And, and my parents would watch us because they'd sit it, they would play on the worship team, you know. And, and my, my mom would watch me. And, she, and, and if, if we're doing something wrong, we're talking during worship or something, she would, she would go, one, and, you know. And then if we did something wrong again, and two, and one more thing, three. If you get three, let's say you're getting spanked, you're getting whipped, and... Right, Katie? Yeah. Three is, three is just, we, that's it. It's over. Coming home is we're getting whipping. You know, I, I feel like every, every Sunday we, got, we just got whipped. It was, it was great. If, and if my parents found out we went outside, that's it. It's over. You know, it was, it was getting like 10, 10 belts for sure. At least 10 belts. You know, and I, but you know what? I am so thankful that my parents raised me right and they showed me the difference between right and wrong. You know, and, you know, if you have parents like that, praise God. You know, if, if you don't have parents like that, I don't know. That's why we have Dima, you know. That's why, so that's good, too. So you got Dima 
to, 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 to tell you the truth. You know, today we have a lot of this, this, you know, kind of these gray areas and so many things are blurred. So many things are so, you know, you can't, you don't know what, what is holy, what is unholy. Where, where's the, where, where's the, the holiness of God and, and what is right, what is not right. It's so kind of blurred today. Today we have, you know, we don't really see it. And, and this is it's an interesting story. There's a, uh, if you guys ever heard of a, a man, his name is John Wesley. Anybody ever heard of John Wesley? You've read about him. That's good. There's a John Wesley and Charles Wesley. They were two brothers. Charles Wesley wrote the most hymn, hymns it, um, that anyone has, has ever written. Very powerful hymns. John Wesley preached 40,000 sermons in his life. Think, think, think about that number, 40,000. He got saved at 50, at 35. He died at 88. He lived for 53 years. If he preached a sermon every single day during those 53 years, he would have to preach two sermons every day, 14 sermons every week to, to do that. At 83 years of age, he got a, a little upset at his doctor because his doctor told him he can only preach a maximum, <laughs> a maximum of 14 times a week. And he was again upset at his doctor because the doctor wouldn't allow him to do any more. Uh, he, um, he said, at 86, he said in his diary, I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to feel lazy. Uh, I have this tendency to stay in bed past 5.30. And this is, this is somebody, this is, listen, this is somebody that woke up at 4 o'clock every single day, uh, prayed for two hours every, every day right away. He, uh, Friday nights were all night prayer. Um, I mean, just the things that he did, you read about him, you're like, man, this is unreal, like, who is this guy? He, he stayed, okay, he was with some very important person, very important person, and, and it was time for him to go to sleep, and he went to sleep at 10 o'clock every day without fail, There's, he's not staying over, and he's like, oh, it's getting 9.30, I need to go to sleep, with a very, it was like a governor, some very important person, it didn't matter for him, this guy was something else, I mean, and you know who raised him? His mom did. You know what his mom said? This is a quote by his mom. It's very, very interesting. It says, so he asked his mom, he said, what is sin? Can you describe sin for me? Whatever weakens your reason, this is mom speaking, whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, takes off your relish for spiritual things, whatever increases the authority of the body over the mind, that thing is sin to you, however innocent it may seem in itself. So she's saying, whatever is stopping your thirst, whatever is quenching your thirst for God, whatever is, is allowing your flesh to be over your, your, your spirit, that is sin to you. That is wrong. Isn't that a far cry from what we see today? Where, where, you, know, where you have you know, so, many, so many things, you know, where now you can... You can it's okay to, to listen to music with cursing in it. It's okay to, to do so many wrong things. Isn't this such a far cry from, from what we see today? I mean, what we, it, you, I mean, you can't even compare that. But this is, this is the woman that raised up these two mighty men of God. With this, this is how they viewed sin. It wasn't a joke for them. It wasn't, it wasn't something that they took flippantly. It wasn't, it wasn't something that's, that's, you know, oh, it's, it's okay to, you know, to do this. It's okay to drink. You know, it's, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's okay if you skip church every now and then. You know, soccer is more important. You know, right now soccer is more important. You know, no, they're, 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 this, they're, we, we don't see that there. 
this is in 1700s, this is a long time ago, but you know what? They knew the truth. And you know, today, today we have people, you know, they go to a youth camp, right? They go to some, they go to, uh, you know, uh, like a youth conference or something, and they get a fire for God, they get something happens. But you know what happens when they go back home? They go back to the same lifestyle that they were living. They go back to watching the same videos, the same friends, the same things that they were doing before, they're doing the same thing after. Guess what happens to the fire? It goes out. Why? Because there's no substance. There's no, they're not walking in the holiness of God. They're not walking in the purity. You know, this, this message of holiness is not, is, not some, is not just some, oh, it's for, for someone, you know, way back then. No, it's for us today. It's, it's a very, it's a message that we need more than ever because of what we see going on around us today. We need this message of holiness. Holiness is not, is not a rule. It's, it's, not, it's not rules. It's not like, don't do this. Don't go there. Uh, don't watch this movie. Don't, don't hang out with those people. That's bad. Yes, maybe those are boundaries. We need those. But holiness is so much more. Holiness is, is a walk. It, that's why it's called the highway of holiness. Isaiah 36, it's a highway of holiness where we walk every day. You never get to holiness. It's not like I, I was, I, when I was 15, I became holy and that's it. It's something that we need to do every single day where we walk in holiness. And the more we walk in holiness, the easier it gets. Because, because the, the closer, the more that God consumes us. The more God consumes, the more God in, in us, the easier it becomes to walk after God. And when we, when we, are, when we allow God... When we allow the Holy Spirit to burn in us, when, when, we, when we allow His fire to consume us, the more His fire consumes us, the, 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 the closer we're going to get to God. You know, let's, it's not, don't, don't, we can't deceive ourselves and say, yeah, I'm walking in holiness. When, when we're still doing the same things that, that the world is doing, when we're still dressing like the world and looking like the world and smelling like the world and, 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 and people can't tell us apart, we, we, we fit in with the world. No, we shouldn't have anything to do with this world. Because God is, when God is in us, He separates us. He, we, he separates us. We're holy. And, and we're called to walk in this holiness. You know, it's... it's, it's there's so much more to God. There's so much more to, to Him, to walking in holiness. You know, sometimes we allow the devil to, 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 to trick us, to think, oh, don't, 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 you know, don't start walking after God in holiness. It's boring. There's, there's you know, there's, there's no one, no one, you know, you're not going to have any friends if you walk in holiness. You're not going to have any fun. You're, you're, you're going to lose out on everything that life has. You know, I want to say that in holiness, when we're truly walking in holiness, that's where we find our true joy and fulfillment. And, and everything it says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's where, that's where when, when we are walking with God in holiness, that's where the true joy is. And actually, nothing in this world compares with it. Nothing that we can find in this world even compares, even comes close when we are walking in the holiness of God, when we are walking, when that fire of God is burning in us. The more God consumes us, the more that we have, the, 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 the more we have God in us, the more joy we have, the more life we have, the more fulfillment in this life we have. Amen? This, this is where we're going after. It's not, it's, not some, it's not a rule. It's not like, you know, I didn't see any rules here. You know, when we walked in or we talked, okay, guys, 
you know, you can't do this. And, and, and you know what, from now on, you can't watch these movies. No, it's, you shouldn't want to watch them because God has done such a work in you. And you see the filthiness of this world. It's so, it's so sick that you're saying, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want anything to do with it because, because my, my God who's inside of me hates these things. And I hate them too. Amen. Let's, let's stand up right now. Let's stand up. Let's, we're going to pray. We're going to just seek God.